This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So welcome everybody to the very first England edition of the Every Step Along the Way podcast. So joining me today is Andy Blinston. So welcome, Andy. How are you, mate? It feels good to be back, I will be honest. Feels feels unusual to be back, but great to be back at the same time. Feeling myself, you know, better than what I was before. But, you know, it's a new experience for both of us, this podcast as well, because considering it's England now. Yes, yeah, so obviously we, we uh, for anyone who doesn't know, sort of just found this podcast looking for a sort of England stuff. Me and Andy... Uh, part of a trio that do a Stoke City podcast, usually on this uh, Every Step Along The Way platform, aren't we? And uh, yeah, you've been missing for a couple of weeks, Andy. You've had a bit of, bit of time off, but you're back. Back fighting today, aren't you ready? Yeah, I'm back fighting. Obviously, some people may know what happened to me when I was out last night, because I've just posted on Twitter, but I'm surviving, and that's all that matters. I hope I haven't seen it, and I hope it's not literal. <laughs> I hope it's not literal fighting. I hope I haven't preempted something, was it? No, nah, no, nah. no fighting. You're a lover, not a fighter. Right, we'll move on. <laughs> um, so, what to expect of today's podcast? Well, we're going to be looking at Gareth Southgate's latest squad and what it could mean for those who are not in there, and also those who've just broken in this close to the World Cup. And then we're also looking ahead to Friday night's Nations League game away at Italy. So, shall we get cracking? I think we shall. Cool. So, I think the first thing we need to look at, really, is the squad itself. So, we're allowed to take... I was looking at the numbers the other day, and obviously we're allowed to take a 26-man squad to the World Cup, up from the usual 23. Uh, I think it's mainly due to, like... They say it's due to COVID, but... Yeah, but... It- Everything's expanded at the World Cup into the amount of yeah, teams exactly. there, the amount of players there. You wonder if it's mm, just using maybe using it as an excuse. Yeah, I think uh, so, mate. So there's going to be an initial 55-man squad, which I don't think we'll try and name them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what England have done is England have named a 28-man squad for these two games against Italy and Germany. So two, of the, at least two of these players are going to miss out. Yeah. And possibly even more if any other names come in, you know, who aren't currently available. So this is what we've got at the base. So the goalkeepers, we've got Dean Henderson, Nick Pope and Aaron Ramsdale. Right backs, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, Keelan Trippier, Kyle Walker. Left backs, Ben Chilwell, Luke Shaw. 
centre-backs, Connor Cody, Harry Maguire, Eric Dyer, John Stones, and then we've got Tamori and Gu- I, I Mark Gahey. Gahey, that's the one, yeah. Well, <laughs> don't want to butcher anyone on the name. <laughs> uh, midfielders, we've got obviously Jude Bellingham, Mason Mount, Declan Rice, James Ward-Prowse and Jordan Henderson, who's been added to the squad. Now he's proved his fitness after Calvin Phillips dropped out because uh, he needs surgery on his shoulder. Uh, on the obviously on the rip wings, we've got uh, Bowen, Foden, Grealish, Saka, Sterling, and then your centre forwards are Tammy Abraham, Harry Kane, and Ivan Tony at his first call up. So, is there anyone names in there that you think you you you're two out of that lot you think are going to be in danger? In danger, um, obviously. Harry Maguire with the way he's performing, but still he gets a call up. Which... I I think Maguire's nailed on to go. I think he he might not have much credit in the bank with Man United, their fans or or Ten Hag, but I think Gareth Southgate definitely still at least in the squad. I don't know if he'll start. Yeah. He's but... good for England. That's the thing, isn't it? It's one or two players are rubbish for the club, but they know that when they play for England, they're good. Like Eric Dyer, for example. He's not he's not the best defender in the world, but he deserves that England spot at the same time. It is a good team which we put out, but who's going to miss out? <sighs> Ivan Tony if he doesn't perform at international level. Would you would you can you see his game with just two strikers? Eh? Kane and Abraham. Well, like that, like a couple we, of we, we, there, and who's who's going to lead the line? Still, yeah. maybe we we don't have many centre midfielders, though, do we? Five. I know obviously Foden can drop back and you know, Grealish can drop back, but we we have a lot of defenders. I mean, what what formation can you see him picking? Do you think? I mean, like I say we we usually Stoke fans, so we sort of <laughs> five, the, at, the the five at the back, <laughs> yeah, quite well. Um, I think he's been quite consistent with that, hasn't he? Yeah. I can see. I can't see him changing away from that at this stage, Gareth. So you know how pragmatic he is. He likes his three centre-halves and then two midfielders both sort of covering the centre-halves as well, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's not a bad formation. It's obviously worked. It's got us to, with the World Cup last time out, it got us, I believe it was fourth place with a third-place playoff. Euros, it's got us to the final. The Nations yeah, League, just... it wasn't last Nations League, but the one before, I think, we got to the final of that as well, didn't we? Yeah, we lost to Holland, I believe. Yeah, we lost to in... the Netherlands yeah. in the final. Um, yeah, I think I wonder whether because obviously I'm looking at the left back as well, and you've got like Chilwell and Shaw. Neither of them are playing, are they? Really? For the Not course. at the moment, no. And you just wonder. I mean, what could we do? Could we put Kieran Trippier there? Trippier can play on that side, but obviously, if he's a, I feel, I believe he is a right-footed right back. So but I mean, it's. Yeah, it's not as if we're short of right backs, is it? I mean, obviously, you've got Walker, James, Alexander Arnold. Probably name half a dozen that don't get Yeah, you've got that many right backs. <laughs> you might need more right backs. But nah. if anyone's going to miss out, it could be a right back to bring in a left back. Yeah, I, I'm thinking, yeah, if I can't see him taking four right backs. The only thing is, like, it does he class Kyle Walker as a centre, as like a right centre back if he's playing three? 
He does play there for England, doesn't he? He plays right yeah, centre back. He played there. He's played there for about four years for England in the main. Yeah. So as you were saying, right backs, Carl Walker might be a right sided centre back, which then leaves us with Reese James and Alexander Arnold. So you've got two right backs and two left backs at that point. Yeah, I think I think Trippier will go, and yeah. I would maybe say James over Alexander Arnold, possibly because I think yeah. James is more suited to maybe playing out on the on the left as well, if needs be. Yeah, Rhys James can also play defensive midfield as well, which is brilliant. But I don't think Trent's had the best season so far. It's he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't set the world alight. He scored one, I believe, that one good goal against Bournemouth and then I know win. But he's not been the same player as he was last season. No, I mean, go. I think looking at this squad, it, going forward, we are far better than defending, aren't we? Yeah. I think we need to be taking the games to the opposition. To I mean, look at the forwards we've got there: Foden, Grealish, Saka, Sterling, Kane, Abraham scoring goals for fun in Syria. You know, Tony's been on fire now in the in the Premier League over. You know. What from 15, 16 months? Yeah, and then even from midfield, you've got you know Bellingham, Rice, Ward, Prowse. You know the the players who are they're good going forward. Obviously, you've got your Rice and your Henderson. I mean, Declan Rice is a bit of a he's an old fashioned midfielder, isn't he? More of like a box to box. Yeah, can do a bit of everything. Um, yeah, so I think I mean people who aren't in this squad there's four that stick out to me there's a couple who are injured Calvin Phillips yeah. who they reckon he may well whistle World Cup man. he's had shoulder yeah surgery. it's shoulder surgery so I think he's out for two or three months yeah they said he's sort of 50-50 whether he's going to be fit in time do you, mm-hmm. do you think he'd be a big loss? he's a he's a brilliant player but the thing is if you need someone to play that defensive midfield role Jordan Henderson can fit that if you need it like how old is he? Is Henderson's like 34-35 now but he's like, if you know James Milner. I, I think James, I know it's bold, but James Milner could make the England team just from the fact that his stamina is still up there. And he's a quality player. But Henderson can play that defensive role if needed. Do, do you know, for me, if we're going to be playing, if he's going to play the three centre-backs, and then he's wing-backs, and then he tends to have two, two centre-mids, don't he? And then you've got your two forwards playing off the main yeah. target man. Oh, centre forward, as it is usually Kane. If, for me, I think I would think that if Calvin Phillips doesn't make it, it could be the emergence of Jude Bellingham as a, you know, as, as an England regular. Yeah, I, I do agree. He's only 18, 19, isn't he? Yeah, so he's just he, 19. And he's he? Unbelievable. Wow. It's like how many games he's played is just ridiculous. He's up for to a about 200 senior games in here already or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's approaching that, and it's absolutely crazy for like I say he's just in nineteen, and he's got more games than most people in the mid twenties. And people it's, finish their career, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he just looks to me to be complete as well. I mean, obviously, you know, he is young; he's, he's getting better all the time. But dude, he's just so he's so calm on the ball. He's just waiting for an opportunity with England, I think, to sort of make his mark. So far with England, I think Sancho is quite similar in he's, it's He's been in and out the squad and whatever, in and out of the team, and he's he's not done, not done much wrong, but he's not had that that time where he's sort of yeah. like, you know, put, put his marker down, if you like, and said, this is me. 
I'm you know I'm going to be around in this England team for ten years with more this you know here's my place give me the shares. Yeah, it's similar yeah. to a Rashford that isn't it? Because obviously yeah. he's a good player and he has had good work. when he burst onto the scene, everyone was like this kid is special. But I feel like you know when he missed his penalty in the final at the Euros. Yeah, he's not been the same player since. It's no, like he's got that burden on his shoulders all the time. Yeah, I, th- I think you're, you're probably right there. I mean, it could even be before that, to be honest. He wasn't having a great season yeah. for Man United, was he, before the Euros? So you just wonder, you know, does he need a fresh start somewhere to sort of restart, kickstart his career on again? I can't see him leaving United, though. I think he will be a one-club player. Oh, well, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, on that one. Uh, but obviously, we mentioned in them two as well. We just mentioned that with Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford. Can you see either of them coming in and taking anyone's place who's in this squad? I think it would be based on injuries. Like, for example, with Sancho, say, for example, Foden gets injured. Who, who's next best who's not in the team? Probably Jaden Sancho. So you think that the only way Sancho or Rashford get in is if, you know, a J- uh, Bowen, Foden, Grealish. Yeah, yeah. any of the wide players yeah. gets injured, then you've got to bring one in. Fair enough. Jim Rashford might come in for if he, you know if he get hits a bit of form for Man United in the next six weeks, could he come and take the place of Ivan Tony, for example, or Tammy Abrahams? He, he could potentially. I think we're pretty certain that Harry Kane's going to be in the squad. Yeah, yeah that's that's, <laughs> that's a given considering he's the captain. But it's a tough one. Like he, Gareth Southgate's been that type of manager. I thought Ivan Tony should have got a call up six or seven months ago and he didn't like Jared Bowen I thought he should have got a call up way before he did so it's it's a question of if you perform well until the World Cup will you get called up because if the, if these this group of players play well and you know win both games in the Nations League maybe Gareth Southgate's just got his team in front of him right now bar Jordan Pickford who will come back into the fold he likes to make them work for it, doesn't he? That initial opportunity, even though he says he picks players on on uh, form and not on reputation or anything. I think once you're inside that squad, it's it's easy, it seems to be easier to stay in than it is to get in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, is there anybody else you can think? Joe, is there any positions there where you think, oh, we're a bit weak? If somebody puts a good run of games together, they could. Threaten. It's very tough because all the players have got extreme quality to them. They all play in the Premier League bar, obviously Abraham and um, Bellingham, who still play in the top top league of the country that they're playing in. It's not a weak yeah. team at all. It isn't a weak team. Like, for example, I know Connor Cody's in there, but apparently Cody's going there, as you know, he'll be coming off the bench and he's just a great player to have in the change rooms. And maybe that's what Harry Maguire's still in the team for. Because obviously Man United captain, maybe they just need that little bit more solidarity within the dressing room. He's got the experience, and he's he's led England to through the last two tournaments. So, you know, if if there's a a big game and there's, you know, say he starts with Tamorian Stones and Walker, as his three centre halves, and then there's an injury before a semi final, he's got to drift somebody in, uh, draft somebody in, and he, they have to, you know, he wants to know they're going to perform straight away probably can do that with someone like Maguire because of how much experience he's got of those kind of games and situations. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd 100% agree. Like Maguire, yes, he, he hasn't had the best club form. But whenever he plays for England, he's a different player. And I feel like the occasions, what, make him, what makes him play like that? I was, I was going to say he's got better defenders around him, but I mean, Varane's not bad, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not been the player that Man United wanted to sign. And we're not, we're not on about a Man United podcast here, but Varane just, he's not as good as what he, what he is. United, like a lot of players who go to United are at the moment. But now Maguire, he's I can, I can still see him starting in the England team. I can. Yeah. So that's over. Shall we move on to the uh, the Italy game? Let's go on then. Let's move. On. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, so Friday night, we're playing Italy. So Italy's squad, just had a look, it's got four Premier League players in. It's got Scamacca and Palmieri, who both play for West Ham. You've got uh, Ginonto, plays for Leeds, 18-year-old forward. And it, obviously you've got Jorginho, who's at Chelsea. So just a few little... Pointers on this squad. It's quite a mixed one because there's a bit of experience down the spine, but then a lot of inexperience around it as well. And obviously, they haven't qualified for the World Cup, so they're probably looking now for the future. Um, so there's 28 man squad, 15 of them have got less than 10 caps, 11 of them have less than five, and eight of them have either got one cap or, or, or as of yet, uncapped. Wow. That's that's, so, that's that's very, you know, for an Italian fan, it's probably very concerning. Yeah, I mean, it's like they've just sort of swept everybody out. I mean, you've kept, you've got the Leandro Benucci, he's still the captain, 116 caps, 35 years old. Jorginho's the most experienced midfielder they've got on there, 44 caps, he's 30. And then you've got Chiro Immobile. Immobile. Chiro Immobile. <laughs> Immobile, okay. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be fun while we've got some teams on here, Dan, this week. <laughs> um, so 55 caps, 15 goals, obviously he's 32. So there's your sort of, you know, down the spine side, obviously Donnarumma in goal as well. He's only 23, but amazingly, he's already got over 350 career appearances, 47 caps for Italy as well. Yeah. So down the spine, they've kept the experience, and but it seems like other than those four, they've just sort of gone, Right, everybody else is out. We're going to start again. We haven't qualified the last two World Cups. Managed to win the Euros in between. <laughs> We're going to, you know, get some fresh blood in. And they're not particularly young players. A lot of you, and there is some yeah. youngsters in there, but they're not all you. There's some in the mid, mid and late 20s. 
who are just making the breakthrough into the squad. Um, so it'll be interesting, like I say, the obviously it's a team in transition, is what I think we'll say. Yeah, it's a, obviously a team in transition. Obviously, not Stoke side of things, but we've gone through that quite a lot, so we know how it is. <laughs> we one it. thing that surprises me is four goalkeepers getting called up. Four goalkeepers. Again, is that because they don't know he wants to have a look at three new ones? Because I think, other yeah. than Donnarumma, <laughs> I don't think everyone gets a look in, do they? Yeah. But I'm looking at some of the names on here that I've never heard of. Um, Federico Gatti, Rafael Tololi, Pasquale Mazzocchi in defence. Half of these names you, you don't know. Tommaso Pobega, Matteo Cancellari, Wilfred Gnotto, who obviously we've heard a little bit of. But there's there's a player here, Alessio Zerbin from Napoli. 23. Never heard of the guy, I will be honest. <laughs> and the players who I have heard of have got very good quality. Like, for example... Benucci and Bastoni in defence is past and present. And but Bastoni is a good defender and it is a tough defence to break down, but unless they don't play, for example, Raspadori and Skamaka, they haven't got too much attacking threat other than Immobile in there. Well, you say it's, it's a tough defence to break down. I mean, we we obviously drew nil nil with it's, uh, Wolves, didn't we? With yeah. Italy and in the Nations League in the summer. That was played behind closed doors. Um, and then obviously they went and then lost 5-2 to Germany a few days later yeah. so, <laughs> so although we struggled to break them down the Germans didn't seem to have any issues <laughs> yeah we don't talk about the same game we had that time where we lost 4-0 to Hungary but yeah, yeah. that wasn't a great game either was it, it wasn't but <laughs> it's one of them if you generally John is the tough part of the team I think he's such a good goalkeeper the quality he's got, only 23. Remember him in the Euros? He was he got, got, he got the Golden Glove, didn't he? He's, he's, he's a massive frame, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, and he can get down as well. It's not like he's just a keeper who can only get the top corners. He's, he's a very good player. And like you say, he made, he made his debut at 16 for AC Milan. And he's not really been out of the team since that. I mean, I know he was sort of the penalty hero last summer on team the final yeah. against England, but he's sort of made for that. Do you know, he's sort of made to because he fills the goal. Imagine like you're taking a pressure penalty, you put the ball down, look up, and you see him. <laughs> the goal muscles look tiny because he is a, a massive frame. When he's sort of bouncing side to side, you must think, yeah, yeah. where am I? Where can I put this? Where yeah, it's can... one of them as well. Like if you're having a chance and then he starts running out to you. You're not, you've not got any of the goal to aim at. No. And I think, like you say, he's, he's obviously played a lot of games didn't he, for Milan, and then he got his move to, to PSG, and he seems to just... I think he'd maybe started to stagnate a bit at Milan, got a bit comfortable, didn't he, yeah. in that? And he sort of, you know, kicked on a bit again at PSG. I mean, with who he's got at PSG, his fellow goalkeeper and Kalo Navas... It's it's two world class keepers, so I bet the competition there for them, it makes them better players. Oh yeah, like you say, yeah, they they sign Real Madrid's goalkeeper to to then be a backup to. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I say twenty three. He's only getting better, and although he's not going to this World Cup this you know, this year, I'm sure he's got plenty more ahead of him. 
you know, he's, he's definitely got a lot more to him. He's he's a good player. And like I've said, the players who I know in that Italian team are good players. Like the midfield, I think a midfield three of Barela with Tenali or Giorginio and Verratti works perfectly. Verratti just... I mean, like, I'm not going to say I know much about the... <laughs> yeah, we don't watch the French <laughs> League, really, really. Yeah, he's just... He's, like, tenacious, isn't he? He's just there. He's just, like... He's always there. He's always there. <laughs> just, like, swat around and then... Like I say, he's de- decent on the ball. And that, and those, he's, but he's got typical Italian traits. I mean, not to just, like, you know, pigeonhole that this time Italians play, but... Yeah. <laughs> When you think of Italian footballers, when you think of like gnarly and breaking ball, you think like Gattuso and people like that. He's sort of not not quite as in your face as Gattuso, but he's just like say that kind of player, isn't it? He's a toned down version of Gattuso, or you know, like, like a Pirlo. Andre, he's got the passing ability, not of that level because his passing ability was brilliant. I was going to say that's a bold statement, but he's definitely <laughs> up there with his passing ability as well, and. I don't want to talk too much about PSG, but they, they need to sort something about their team because the players they've got and not really winning anything is crazy. But, nah, it, it's a it's a good team for Italy. And like I've said, the players I know, they're, they're good. And it may be tougher to break them down now considering the game's going to be with fans and we're going to be in Italy to play it. Yeah, I suppose the, the one thing about them bringing in all these sorts of new international players is that they're gonna they're gonna all be trying to prove a point aren't they, they and they know that there's shit sort for grabs yeah that's they that's... know there's opportunities there uh, but then again on the flip side of that the england you know, the england squad should be knowing that there's opportunities to get to the world cup either stay in the squad or get in the get in the 11 as well yeah it's one of them if you can get in the squad and there's an injury you have your chance to prove yourself and if you can prove yourself, you may stay in that team for a long while. I mean, looking, you know, we, we mentioned the squad for England before, didn't we? We've been through that. What would you be looking, if you were Gary Southgate, what would you be looking to do in this Italy game? Would you be putting your team out that you want to be playing against Iran in a few weeks' time? Probably not. Or would you be looking at maybe trying out those players who you're not 100% sure you're going to be taking yet? I'd get I'd get Ivan Tony a go, for sure. He's he's got to have a go, Anthony. You can't you can't not. There's no point. Him a go. Yeah, there's no point in calling him up, and then not playing him at all, is there? And then it's like, for example, I know we've we've got Germany as well coming up, but with this game, maybe see how Maguire plays, maybe see how Trent plays, just to see what it's like. Try Trippier out at left back to see if it works. Play those plays, but the other player I've got to say will or should play against Italy's Tammy Abraham because he knows the Italian style of play. Yeah, you think he's sort of got, like, got a point to prove kind of thing yeah. as well, and he'll oh, be yeah, wanting sure. to make an impression. Because he's, um, he's not as young as what people think he is because he's 24 now and you know he's getting towards that prime of his career and if he's playing this good in Italy now, imagine what he'll be like in a few years' time. So is there anyone else you can think of? Is there anyone else? Like, would you be in meeting with Jared Bowen and go, yeah, give Jared Brown a go. Chuck him in there. He's he's got pace. He's obviously not had the greatest start to the season like most players have at the moment. But he he's he's quick. He can create chances. He's not a bad player by any means. And to be fair, for the way his career's gone, 
it's still going up and he's not a bad player by any regard, like I've said. So for me as well, I think Jude Bellingham, I know we mentioned it before, but yeah, I'd definitely be getting him in the side. Um, try and give him a bit more to bit more responsibility as well and just see, you know, if make sure Gareth Southgate believes in him as much as Bellingham believes in himself. Do you know what I mean? So he knows you can trust him. I think that could be important. Yeah, it's, you, you've got to trust the youth in this process, I think. You've got to trust the youth because a lot of the players in the England team are quite young. You look at the players who've been called up, they are young players. Um, going through here, Saka's still very young. Foden's still quite young. Um, you've got Bellingham, like we've said, still very young. Mason Mounts there as well. Tamori, uh, Gehi. Give the youth a bit of a run out. Give them a go. See what they can do because, you know, with these nation league, nation league games, not many teams take it fully seriously and it could be a way to see youth and find them now like Italy are doing. So I think if we, if you knew lineups beforehand, I would line up very similar to them in play styles. I mean, you mentioned about Abraham as well. I mean, Tamori plays in Italy as well. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, so... so he could be a good centre-back to put in. He's quick, he's strong. And I think as well, he gets... You always feel as well, don't you, that like, like I say, with Abrahams, with Tamori, with Bellingham, because they're not playing in England, they all sometimes get overlooked more than they, you know, they don't have the focus on them as much. And you think they sort of get forgotten about a bit. I'll agree with you on that. Like, English players are abroad... You don't often see as you see it a lot more than what it used to be. Like for example, Trippier was over in was it Atletico Madrid for a bit? Yeah, he 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 was class over there. You've got Chris Smalling. I feel like for this, Chris Smalling would have been a good call up. Him and Tamori at, at centre backs together would work very very well. Can you see Smalling in front of John Stones though, for example? I could see him in front of Harry Maguire, for example. But like we said with Harry Maguire, he's got his um, experience ante and he's probably a good fit in the dressing room. But I'd keep Smalling as a backup option to choose because he's not a bad centre-back by any regard. And under Jose Mourinho, he's him and Abraham are working very well together. And it, okay. it, is, it is a strong duo, especially since Smalling can play those long attacking balls forward. Okay, so we've pretty much gone across you know, where we think the the because I don't think it's great to start picking eleven or who would you play. I think it's more looking at what are we trying to learn from this game, isn't it? This close yeah. to the World Cup, it's like you know what questions do we want answering in this game and the Germany game. I mean, one there's one last question for me is obviously Pickford's injured. You would think if he's fit, he's going to make the final squad. And you think we're only going to take three goalkeepers. So at the minute, we've got Henderson, Pope and Ramsdale. Now, for me, Ramsdale's in probably the, probably the most high profile of the three because he's playing for Arsenal, the top of the yeah. Premier League. He's doing really well. He, has, he did really well last season. But he was also in goal, was he not, when we lost 4-0 in the summer against Hungary? He was also in goal when we won 10-0 to San Marino, but... Yeah, well, you know, that, I don't think he tested much that day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they had a shot on target that game, I think, or I a think shot me, at all. I think one of us could have gone in goal and got a clean shot that day. <laughs> Gareth, um, if you're listening, 
<laughs> if you fancy handing yeah. a cap out. <laughs> but um, no, nah, he's a he is a he's a good keeper, and all those goalkeepers are brilliant. It's just one of them where they're probably all thinking, you know, if Pickford is back fit, I can't take it as much as a as much as a beating of being, you know, not selected for the team, considering Pickford is the number one goalkeeper. So which one of the three it doesn't make your squad? Or which one of the three does he need to have a look at in this game? Who needs to start on Friday night? It's really tough, like we've already spoken about Ramsdale. Nick Nick Pope's gone from Burnley to Newcastle, staying in the Premier League, and he's done well for Newcastle. Um, Dean Henderson, yeah, he's not done the greatest, but you've also got to think that he is at Nottingham Forest on loan, who hasn't really got the best defence in front of him. So, like I've said, all of them are probably thinking, look, there, there is a chance of me not being in this team for the World Cup. So I don't, I don't really know who to drop, and I know it sounds harsh to him, but I wouldn't really be too bothered in a sense. Either they're all much of a muchness. No, they're all quality goalkeepers, like I've said, but it it might just get to a point where, like I've said, they just have that on their shoulders and they're like, well, even if I play well, I might still not be in this team. Okay, uh, for me, I think Henderson's the one mainly at risk. Yeah. I think just because he's at Forest and obviously he is going to be letting it up, he's going to be the busiest out of them a lot of them beyond his playing there, but he's also going to be picking the ball out of his net. And I think that overall will you know, count against him as much as it might not be his fault and there might be you know, those in front of him not protecting him enough. I just think Pope's playing really well at Newcastle. Ramsdale's playing excellent for Arsenal. And Jordan Pickford is never letting one down, has he? Um, under Southgate. Yeah, like, like I'll, I'll agree with you on that. It's probably Henderson who will get the nod to not be in the team. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Henderson didn't play anything in these two games, purely because Southgate may have made his mind up already that would if you know that he is the fourth choice, and maybe doesn't want to confuse things because obviously he plays. Gives Henderson a chance, he has a blinder, then all of a sudden he's got an issue then and he's, yeah, he's made himself a problem. That's that's the worry, isn't it? Like, if Henderson <laughs> has a blinder or he has a blind in the next two months and Forrest climb up that table because of him, it could be Nick Pope who's the one who might not be going, or even Ramsdale, who I feel like with Ramsdale, he's designated backup goalkeeper, isn't he, really? Yeah, I think he's, he's been sort of number two, anti for a while, I mean... Obviously, he played. He was the one who we went to when Pickford didn't play in the summer. So yeah, exactly. He seems to be like say the next cab off the rank, or at least he was then. Whether that Hungary game is maybe I, I I think if Nick Pope's not jumped ahead of him, he's definitely closer to him after that. So yeah, it's Northgate's thoughts. Yeah, it's it's tough, and like I've said, I wouldn't really mind any of those three not being in the team. Because Pickford, when he plays for England, he's brilliant. He is brilliant. So, um, just a few things on the Nations League. So, there's two games to go. England are sitting bottom of their group. So, Hungary are top. Uh, Hungary, Germany, Italy, England. We've only got two points from four games. We need to beat Italy on Friday night to keep our chances finishing top alive but also 
we need to win to keep our chances of avoiding relegation to level B. So since the, since it started the Nation League, we've always been on level A. I don't think there's actually many countries who can say that. There isn't, not at um, all. So some big teams who've sort of been relegated and there's some big teams who are in, in danger of being you know going down to level B this time. Um, so yeah, we've played four, two points. We've only scored once in four games because they were all played over like a period of about 10 days, weren't they, over the summer? Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I say, we're three points behind Italy. It's only the bottom side that gets relegated. So if we lose to Italy, we're definitely down. If we draw, then we've got to beat Germany and hope that Hungary beat Italy. Otherwise, we finish bottom. But obviously, if we win, um, then it's like I say, all go. It could all be down to the depending on the Hungary Germany game. If that ends in a draw, then we could technically still win the group as well. It's it's all ifs, buts, and maybe's <laughs> isn't it at the moment. It is. I mean, it's all going to be, um, it's all going to be clearer, obviously, after yeah, this yeah. round of games. But yeah, there's to be obviously we still got can still win. How much? How important is this to you, the Nations League, to the actual where we're playing and and the success it has? I feel like it just gets the players into more, you know, match fit. They get into the mood for the World Cup. And I feel like it's just going to be used as a preparation, really. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously what we would have had now is we would have had friendlies, wouldn't we? And yeah, think, we would have had friendlies normally. And I think this is better than having friendlies because the manager can still pick the team he wants. But we aren't going to see, you know, there'll be... 10 substitutions at half time, and, and uh, you know, or, or every five minutes in the second half, two players on, two players off. Yeah, so we don't see that, you know. So the games aren't sort of ruined by that. There is still something to play for, and I think that's like I know a lot of people scoff at the Nations League. To me, I think if you are a smaller country, like people used to complain about friendlies and say, Oh, why are we playing friendlies? There's nothing on them. They used to say that why are the smaller countries, you know, that why are we having to play like they play teams that they're never going to compete against? They no contests. What's the point? Friendly, yeah. you know, there's no there's no um, tempo or or um, you know nothing to win, nothing to actually win in by winning a friendly. You know, there's no there's no point to it. And I think they've got rid of all that with the Nations League. You know, there's something to play for. It might not be the greatest prize in the world, but it's better than nothing. It, it gives friendlies the reason to have a bit of competitiveness. Yeah, and then I think as well, because we sort of maybe are looked down on it as, as a big nation, a nation that usually qualifies for World Cups and European Championships. Yeah. And so it's not really, it's seen as a distraction rather than the main goal. Whereas if if you go further down these groups and you go to level C and level D, you've got a lot of teams there who will struggle to to make it to major tournaments. I mean, not in about twenty years' time when everybody's invited and there's no qualifying <laughs> for. <laughs> and now that, that I can't wait for that. It'll be so hectic. You've got like seventeen games in a day. <laughs> um but it's like Obviously, what you have to remember is that each of these four stage, each of these four levels, all gets a qualifier to, to the playoffs to you know, to get to the tournament, yeah. which is something that 
you know, like um, Liechtenstein or, you know, know, smaller countries, they'll never get that kind of opportunity from a normal qualifying group. Yeah, because I'm looking here, like, obviously it goes down to level D, don't it? So you've got Estonia, Moldova, Liechtenstein, Malta, Andorra, San Marino, Latvia. It yes. it gives them some airtime, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, and also they they're playing games against teams who are technically very similar to themselves, yeah. or as close as they're gonna be in some of those case. So it gives them an opportunity to to go out there and try and win a game rather than just defend a three or four nil defeat. Yeah, of course. Like I'm I'm looking here now at even like level C, Greece. I remember was it like two thousand six period, two thousand two, two thousand six. They were up there. Yeah, or they won the European Championship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're in the same level as Luxembourg, for example, which doesn't look right now, but that's their level at the moment. Yeah, and I, I, I can say I just think because we always qualify, we don't see it as a big thing. But I think for those small nations, it gives them a massive opportunity to qualify for a big tournament that they wouldn't ever get. And for that, it's a really good thing because that's only going to help them develop them grow and then obviously then there's going to be more competitive games and it raises the level it also allows the smaller nations to go and win some games gives them confidence lets them believe that they can then go and beat teams oh well, we've beat teams at our level in level d when we play greece who are a level c side maybe we can maybe we can beat them as well like in a qualifier in an actual qualifier and like i say it's it's going to produce better football and and Rather than just have these sort of you know, your Latvias and you know, San Marino, Luxembourg's just turning up trying to avoid getting trounced, they'll turn up trying to win a game. And then they can use that then when they play other teams as well. Yeah. So for me, it's you know, it's it's not perfect, but it's a lot it's it's a it's a good idea. And it's a lot better than just playing a load of friendlies. Definitely. Yeah, like like I've said in short, it gives friendlies a reason to be played. Yeah, so I think we've we'll come off a soapbox there. We've, uh, <laughs> we've had enough. Um, so do you want do you want me to give you some just a few stats before we before we uh, end on a little quiz? Go on then. Let's hear these stats. I'll let you be the stato tonight. So England haven't won since March. So they played four games, drew two, lost two, all in June. And obviously we mentioned they were all in the Nations League when we were in the four games we played mm. so far. So that's not a bad, that's not a great run at all, to be honest. Uh, Harry Kane is just three goals behind Wayne Rooney as the all-time top scorer for the England national team. Wow. Um, of those who have scored over 30 goals for England, Kane's 0.68 goals per game is only bettered by Jimmy Greaves on 0.77. So he's more prolific than Rooney, a lot, uh, a lot more prolific than Rooney, uh, more <laughs> prolific than Owen, uh, more prolific than um, Gary Lineker. Wow. And Bobby Charlton. Not bad, to be fair. Yeah, not a bad uh, not bad bunch of uh, forwards to be ahead of there, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so Raheem Sterling has 77 caps. He's one behind John Terry, Stuart Pearce, and two behind John Barnes. So oh. he could he could well, you know, Get level or overtake those two and get you know go up with John Barnes after these couple of games. So you're into some real sort of England legends sort of territory there, aren't you? Yeah, it, it's it's crazy because you forget 
Sterling isn't as young as what people think anymore. No, I think he, he's, he's 27 with, or something like that. Yeah, he started very young with Liverpool as well, didn't he? He was like yeah. 17. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's on 77 caps. Kane is on 73 caps, which is level with Banks. And he's two behind Joe Hart and David Seaman. So a goalkeeper, goalkeeper friendly, uh, Fenzy there. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, Joe Hart and David Seaman. You wouldn't have thought they got about the same amount of England games, would you? You wouldn't, but you've also <laughs> got to think that to get that many caps back then, they do a lot more international games now. Yeah, I think to be a Joe Hartle, that's a bad rap. He was, you know, he was very good, very consistent for a long time for Manchester City and England. Yeah, exactly. Then Pep came in and destroyed him. <laughs> he was like, I don't feet. want you. Yeah, you can't play with your feet, get out of the door. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I've got for today. There we stats for today, mate. Not too bad, mate. Uh, we're going on a bit of a fun note. Uh, uh, people who listen to us usually know that we, we try and do a quiz, don't we? Yeah, we, we, uh, we at least attempt it, don't we? Yeah. So, I'm going to give you two minutes. Oh, God. To tell me the 16 players who got on the pitch for England in the Euro 2020 final versus Italy. Oh, wow. And don't Google it. I'm not, you like. I'm not. I don't Google, Daniel. <laughs> so, starting now. Um, we had Luke Shaw, who obviously scored. Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford, Saka, uh, Maguire, Stones, Walker. Tr- I've said Trippier, haven't I? No, uh, Trippier, I'll put Trippier on there. Uh, I think Grealish played. Oh, it, it's harder than it looks when you get to this point. Um, Ten, six left. Bellingham. Uh, no. Foden. Foden surely played. No, Foden uh, didn't play at all, did he? In the, oh, he didn't. He got injured, didn't he? Mm. Um, Mason Mount and Chilwell both had that COVID issue, didn't they? Um, I'll go with Mason Mount. Uh, how many more have I got left? So Mount played, Chilwell didn't. So you've got eleven. Yeah. I was thinking Chilwell didn't play. Five, you've got a minute left. Got a minute left. I've got how many more have we got left? Five more to get. Five bloody hell. Um this is not going well for me. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give you Sancho. Cl- I'll go with Sancho, Sancho. Yeah. and uh Declan Rice. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of any more. Uh, Are you going to give up at that point? Hendo? Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. That's all I can go with. That's that's coming from me. Right. Okay. So, you missed two players. Calvin Phillips. Okay. And Jordan Pickford. (laughs) Did I not? I swear I said Pickford. How can I miss out Pickford? I know. I thought he doesn't want a goalkeeper in this team. Maybe (laughs) when we listen back. Maybe are you firing names that I mean, I didn't knock you the off. Thing is, like, think you've I got to fire name. names. You've got to fire them and go, yeah, he, he played. But the thing is with Phillips is like, you'd think Henderson would have the, getting over the experience of him, wouldn't you, for the final at least? You would, but Henderson did play, but he came off the bench with Rice and Phillips who started. And I, I, I do feel sorry for Saka who came off the bench, threw on goal and then yoink. 
you're too quick for me, mate. Get back. <laughs> there was an interview about that. And Keelini just said he knew what he was doing. He knew he was going to pull him back and he knew it was oh, only course. going to be a yellow card. Yeah, exactly. He'd have been, he'd have been gutted if the ref had got a red one out, wouldn't he? Oh, he would have. <laughs> uh, but yes, any uh, last, some last thing? We'll have some predictions. What do you think we're going to do? I really don't know what to predict with the England team, to be honest, at the moment. Like, we, we were expected, to, we were the best team on paper coming into the tournament, weren't we? Like, the Nations League. And everything's just going up the wall. But I think it's going to be tight. I'm going for a 1 0 win. Yeah, I think that we are going to win 2 1. I think Italy's lack of experience playing together will count against them in the end. And I think, yeah. uh, I think Ivan Tony will get a debut goal to give Sky Southgate something to think about. And I'm going to go with Jack Grealish getting my other goal. Jack Grealish? Yeah. Well, I feel like if Abraham's playing, he's going to get a goal. Good call. Well, we'll see. So we are going to be back, uh, obviously, the day before the Germany game. So we'll be back on Sunday. Won't we? Talking yeah, about, we will. It, we will. Yes. <laughs> but, okay. yeah, so, I was thinking, is he, is, he, is he just stopping talking here? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be back uh, for the Germany game on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, until then. Pretty eventful. But yes. Let's see how we get well, on. Yes. I'll see you all then, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.